You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and get started. So this evening, we're going to have a little bit different kind of a discussion. We hear a lot of talk about what happens in the country of Sweden. In the U.S. and on mainland Europe, we're looking at Sweden as a country that hasn't actually gone through the rest of what everyone else is going through. And now they're talking about a second round of lockdowns here in the West. But Sweden hasn't done any of that. And joining us tonight, we've got two guys that are on from Sweden, one of which is our sound producer, uh, Brian. Nice to have you back on. We had you on in the very early oh. days of COVID. So thanks for coming back. Thank on. you. Thank you. And we also have uh, a good friend of yours that's, uh, well, we've known him for quite some time, but he hasn't been on a podcast before. Uh, Lars, how are you this evening? Yeah, it's been uh, fun to be here. So um, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to kind of I'm going to see where this conversation goes. We're not going to get into too deep in any kind of uh, stuff, but you guys haven't had the pleasure of going through all the nonsense like the rest of us have gone through. You guys haven't had a mask mandate. You haven't had uh, business closures. You haven't had lockdowns. Yes. You haven't had uh, any of these uh, crazy regulations that the rest of us are dealing with. So what has the atmosphere been like up there? Uh, for you guys, and, and either one of you can can jump in and, and start on this. What's the atmosphere been like for you guys up there, and uh, how are yeah, how are gonna, people coping with this differently? Yeah, go go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna correct you. Uh, we have like business closing, of course. We we've had you that. do okay. Yeah, uh, our understanding that, that none of that's uh, happened. Okay, uh, no, it's uh, been a lot of places, especially like restaurants and uh, similar like service places have closed down uh me myself i was uh what's it called permitted or something like that so i only worked 12 hours a week and the government they gave us like well you still get 80 percent of your pay but you cannot work more than that so that we can keep up and so on and so on but uh, like the vibe in sweden has been fairly similar i would say it's just that in restaurants and trains everything like that like just sit one table apart and uh, something like that. You yeah. guys have been doing like the social distancing and all of that stuff. It was, yeah, it was our understanding you weren't doing any of that. that like that's what we're no, being our, told here. Our government has been, well, I think in Sweden generally, it's often been like the government making us responsible for action, actually taking, well, they are making us being responsible for educating ourselves. So Self-governance. That, yeah. Pretty much so that we like we don't uh, go out to party as much and so on. And we, we keep our distance. I mean, there, there are still some really <clears throat> there's still regulations and certain rules that applies to events and stuff like that. For example, um, I'm pretty sure you can correct me on this, Lars, because I'm not, not fully aware. Um, but I'm pretty sure things like nightclubs and yeah. bars like they have um, nightclubs. I believe they are close because usually you know it's, it's a packed place and you know well it's not uh, gonna work with the regulations uh, i'm not sure about the large no well at least the ones where i live it's been like it's not closed uh but um before there were all there were all these dance floors and things but uh, now you can only sit down so and it's well it's table service so it's more of a uh, outdoor serving area and uh, similar uh, but it's and bars as well you cannot order at the bar uh, you have to order at the table and things like that so it doesn't get crowded at the bar yeah so it's very much otherwise in you know, outside um, events and clubs it's pretty much your own personal responsibility to keep everyone else safe around you uh, <clears throat> in yeah. trains feel free to use masks it's not mandatory the only places i think of that have the right to say you have to wear a mask would be employees at offices, um, grocery stores. I'm pretty sure they are because obviously they need to prioritize the customer's uh, safety first. 
So yeah. I'm pretty sure they, they, you know, at my grocery stores, they don't, they have masks and they use, uh, they use gloves and they also have, uh, they put this like windshield in front of them yeah. and they can share so, you know, they're safe behind that. So, I mean, th- there is actions, but it's not really, really like drastic as you see in other countries. Um, you don't, you don't get really punished for not being responsible. So it's, it's not crazy in a way. And it's, it's very, you could say it's, kind of be controversial because um, it's it's dangerous when you put so much responsibility t- into individuals, you know, because some both people yes are, yeah, both yes and no, because one, you you are, you, you're keeping your rights. I mean, if you don't want to wear a mask, you, you know, you don't have to. You know, I wear one on the train. I go uh, every morning. Yeah. I, I take the train like to my work and uh, it's the busiest one on the day uh, both uh, to work and from work it's the busiest one on the day on like in the day so i like i gotta wear a mask but yeah i, I think i have to wear a mask since i have so it's not yeah it's not like government mandated like no. like for example here in the u.s uh, some of the governors are, are like um you have to wear a mask certain businesses are closed uh mandated by the government um places like you know restaurants bars um even even some businesses that like gyms for example they're all forced to close based on you know it's it differs by state but so you guys you guys don't have anything like the government saying bars gyms you know those kind of things you have to shut down no okay i'm pretty sure i don't know um i know my local gym well, not really local but it's really close yeah gyms um, yes yeah, so some gyms have been closed some have not but like i said there's they're not gonna tell, like force you to do something as a customer they're not gonna force you to wear a mask or you know, it's more they advising you to use masks and gloves and use hand sanitizer and stuff like that. But nothing is really mandatory here in Sweden. You know, it's it's, a, it's for your own good and for everyone else's good. That's the thinking behind it all. You know, we're being told that what's happening in Sweden is not a shiny example of, of what to do. And yet you guys have maintained probably the lowest uh, fatality rate in the world. So you're... I mean, in some other countries like you know, like where I'm at, you know, at Germany, they had one of the lowest rates in the beginning. Uh, but of course, now, since they've altered all the methods of of counting and the way that they declare someone, then, you know, that's obviously changed. Same thing with uh, the U.S. I mean, they're counting over 200,000 covid deaths when in reality, you've got less than 10,000 because most of those are comorbidity deaths where they've died of something else. Yet they've tested positive for covid-19. So they're counted as a covid-19 death instead of the four other things that they died from. Yeah. So you guys have been able to maintain a very low uh, fatality rate. And I believe when you were on first uh, with us, Brian, during all of this uh, initial uh, stages of all this, when we were starting to to lift some sanctions, at least here on on the continent, you were saying that you had people that were worried about uh, not finding a job yet. There were jobs everywhere. I mean, because nothing really closed and your hospitals didn't get overrun. So uh, what what's the attitude been like of people since the onset of all this as far as I mean, I, I get where you're saying that the government's come out and they've told people, well, you know, it's it's your responsibility to take whatever precautions you feel are necessary, which that's been our standpoint. That's what it should be. It should be the government mm-hmm. saying, do what you need to do. But we're not responsible for your life at the end of the day. It's your responsibility to look after yourself, look after your family, your community and, and all the rest. But you guys largely haven't had a problem as far as your hospitals being overrun, yet you still have had some restrictions. And I'm reading today, this is as of this morning, they're talking about how the number of cases are rising in Sweden again. And just as you're starting to lift sanctions on like, um, you know, as you were talking about with like outdoor dining and with uh, bars and, and restaurants and, and public places and things like that, uh, parties, you know, night nightclubs and places like that. They're talking about the, the numbers that are rising again, yet you guys have had a very low death rate. So are they coming back at you in the media there with cases and cases and cases? I'm trying to see if we're getting the same messages here. So we're being told. It's we have rising cases, we have rising cases, yet there are no deaths and we're not being told recovery rates, which those are the two most important things you need to look at in the face yeah. of a pandemic. So what what's actually going on up there? I'm trying to see if there's a disconnect going on somewhere. I mean, first of all, you know, the second wave is, uh, first of all, in, in, inevitable, you know, it's going to happen everywhere. 
the UK is going to suffer for, from it. Germany is good. The entire Europe is going to suffer from it. US as it's well. It's the cold and flu season. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's going to become more frequent. And so, I mean, it's going to happen, but it's not like we're going to be the only one, you know, suffering from it. It's going to happen everywhere. It's inevitable. So I do believe, however, you know, we are going to take more precautions in the future. Things are like for company wise, they are suffering more and they're going to get a bigger hit now this fall, I believe, in the airport. So right now, because there is no flights, like the only flights that are, are ongoing right now are the, um, I think it's um, Arabic flights and... They have been starting to fly it, more. Yeah, yeah. But that's gonna, it's it's yeah. gonna, it's not gonna last long. They're gonna cut up, cut it off again. The airport's gonna close again. And like everything work-related in the airport is gonna shut down very soon, I believe. People are cuts. gonna be, yeah, they're gonna be cuts and in hours and some people will have to go and, and such. So... I mean, it's 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 inev- inevitable. It's gonna happen everywhere. It's not just Sweden. Um, yeah. So you know, the, it's a hard question kind of to answer because it doesn't just apply to us. Really, it applies in, to to the entire world. Yeah, like I would say, like where I work now, uh, we have uh, been growing in the music business. We have been growing uh, like almost one hundred percent since the start of Corona. So many people that want to stay home, make a podcast, <laughs> produce music play instruments, everything like that. It's been going up. And well, yes, I can see like uh, my brother works at a restaurant and at the moment they all almost have nothing. So yeah, the question is how long is the, is it going to last? Here, here's an interesting question. You, you you both said this is all going to happen, not just in Sweden, but because of what's happening in the rest of the world. You talked about a second wave, but yet, I mean, we've been watching this thing from the start. We've talked about how they're holding the second wave for the cold and flu seasons because it's easy enough to, with the way that they've relabeled all of the symptoms, <laughs> it's easy enough for them to to turn around and relabel everything as, as a coronavirus infection, especially with the testing that they've got now, it's easy enough for them to identify simply a coronavirus. A coronavirus itself, I mean, there's, there's a whole family of these things. And it is um, at the end, of, or excuse me, at the base of it, it is a common cold. It's a flu. That's that's what yeah. a coronavirus is. And so are we now going to, and, and I'd like both of your takes on this, or all three of you, you can weigh in on this. Are we now going to shut down civilization when someone catches a cold? Don't think so. I don't think so. Um, Sweden, I mean, to be honest, Sweden is like the, they're not so afraid of it. I mean, no, no one is really, I don't, I don't really believe this virus itself is that dangerous if you don't, I mean, it's already been spoken of. It's yeah. I mean, to some, to some level, like if you have underlying diseases, I'm going to stop you right there. Uh, I have a friend who has been super healthy all like all his life. And he got Corona and, well, he thought he was uh, getting better. And uh, he's been having a heart problem ever since. And he's 21. Yeah, I, I mean, this virus is really interesting. I was telling Johnny earlier. Johnny, you remember our conversation earlier when we were talking about this. I was mm-hmm. telling you about my uncle. <laughs> now, my uncle has been through, you know, me coming from a suburban or ghetto, as you may call it, in Chile. You know, you know how life is there. You know, it's it's rough. You have gang yeah, life and all that. Yeah. So my uncle has suffered from drug addictions, from heroin and uh, marijuana for a long time. And he's recently gotten out of rehab. But, you know, you can't really recover physically from um, drugs and stuff like that. So... And he he's also di- has diabetes, a really serious case. And he tested positive for this virus and he's been self-quarantining, but he has shown no symptoms. It's just strange how this strain works differently on like everyone. Like some people, you can be really healthy and this thing can struck you and like tear you apart. But for some people, like they, they shouldn't, they show no reaction, you know? So it's, it's, it's very difficult. It's, you know, to, to figure out how serious you should take this virus because no one really knows like it's so so unknown it's so alien to us to be honest yeah and that's i think it's very uh, like that's why you should take it very serious because we don't know how it's going to affect us 
so far, statistically speaking, um, based on, you know, all age groups, right? All age groups, um, you have a 98.9% chance of surviving uh, if you catch it. And that's including the retirement age and all that, right? That's including even the ones with uh, multiple health conditions and all that. Uh, but if you get into our age group, the the 19 to, I, I believe it's like 35, roughly in that range, uh, you have a 99.8% chance of surviving it if you catch it. So, but that's, I uh, mean, that is surviving only. Uh, and yes, like uh, the if, friend that I told you about, uh, he mm -hmm. still, when you get corona, you lose your like smell and uh, sense of taste. He still hasn't gotten that back. Uh, and it's, it's the same, like, yeah, I wish you said about gonna, I wish you said about actually gonna make, make a comment on that, that we don't really know because all, all we are reading is basically just a statistic of death and uh, recovery but we don't really know about because we need to really hear it from people that has had this virus really and because uh, people that have suffered from it let's say and survived it they may be facing you know some serious issues in the future because obviously this virus has you know done some internal damage to people yeah. uh, in the lungs and so i mean so because because I haven't done my homework in reading into that, I really can't really I can't speak for yeah. you know for everyone. So I can't really make a comment. Yeah, my grandma also got like, my grandma got diagnosed. Uh, she was a strangely like good health for an eighty year old, and uh, after she like became healthy again, it's like she's gotten dementia almost. So she has like very short term memory. So that's like that's also something that can happen. And you so you're don't saying know that it, gonna... it could cause but, and just just like your friend, you're, you're saying, OK, so that the family member of yours, just the same as your friend, you're looking at different versions of after effects and complications that have been brought on yes. by someone contracting this. OK, which, yes, I mean, we're hearing that all across the board. I mean, that that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's and, and it is. It is, as you say, Brian, it's it's the way that this is so unique to so many different people. And that's what makes it so difficult to figure out is is exactly that. So, yes, I, I agree. And I think we're all pretty much agreed here that it is a, a real virus and it is something that you should take very seriously. But uh, at the same time, I also look at it and I think to myself, OK, I, and I. I completely concur with all of that, but that's not going to prevent me from living my life. You know, I, I'm, I'm looking at it from the sense of I, I look at how governments are trying to use this as a, as a sense of a power grab and try and take everybody's freedoms away. They're trying to take our freedom of movement away. They're trying to take our right of commerce away. They're trying to take the right of seeing who we want to see, when we want to see them, how we want to see them. They're trying to remove all of this. They're trying to take away our, and restrict our rights to travel. The, I mean, the, these are all things that we can't lose a grip on. We can't can't let them come in and grab a hold of these things and take them away and say, well, we're going to do this in order to keep you safe. Well, it's not your job to keep us safe. As far as I'm concerned, it's your job to make sure that we're responsible enough to keep ourselves safe. I don't need a government to tell me that I need to keep that they need to keep me safe from myself. That's a big problem for me. So I, I think that we can all kind of find a common ground here in and amongst all of this. But my, my next question was going to be, as you guys have, have had a very, uh, very large success rate up there in dealing with all this, what have, uh, apart from everything that's uh, that your government's done as far as, you know, delegating the authority back to you, the citizen, to be responsible, what have you guys been told from your health ministers and uh, your, your public officials about taking preventative measures as far as like therapeutics, maybe, as far as like eating healthy? I mean, I don't know if you guys do that by default anyway. I know you guys are very healthy up there. Eating healthy, exercising. Uh, and all of this, I know you said that some gyms had closed down, but I, I think in all of this, you want to stay as healthy as possible so that if you do contract it, you have a better chance of fighting it off. So are you guys being told anything about how to stay healthy, how to bolster your own immune system, boost your own immune system? Are you being told any of that? Not what I'm concerned of. Not really. We follow the simple regulations that everyone has been told, you know, wash your hands, try to wear a mask. You know, the, the basic of, yeah. uh, you know, when there's a virus flooding around, you just want to make sure that you stay safe and you keep the people around you safe. So, you know, but much more than that. No, I think it's I think that's really up to a, you as an individual to figure out what's best for you. You know, I mean, obviously, a healthier person is a healthier person. They're they're less vulnerable for viruses. Me, I'm a smoker. Um, I've been a smoker for a real long time. I'm trying to cut it off, but you know, 
but I, I don't really, you know, fear this thing that much, even though I'm a smoker. Because like I'm saying, like, it's, it's so unpredictable, this thing, you know. Like I'm saying, my uncle... That's usually strange, and you have Lars' um, relative there that, you know, got a really big hit on that. So, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's just up to every, if, uh, up to yourself, you know, to figure out what's best for you. I'm, I'm keep, I'm making sure that I'm self-quarantining, you know, if I have, I have, I've been having a cold lately, so I haven't really, when I go to groceries, I wear a mask, I wear gloves, because we have a bunch of that at home because my mother works in sanitation. So, no, it's can't really yeah. say much, but it's your own responsibility, really, to figure that one out yourself. I mean, the people here are well-educated. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I would say, can... like, as it is now, it's uh, it's life as normal with a slight uh, regulation. Whereas here in the States, there was a uh, church meet here recently, you know, um, religious event outside. Three people weren't wearing a mask and law enforcement arrested them. That's the kind of nonsense that's happening here. I'd actually heard about that. Uh, what what was the uh, what they actually they called the police down there and actually had them thrown out. Yeah. What's ironic is when you look at the the pictures, all the crowd is not wearing masks. Uh, and the the three that were arrested, apparently, I don't know if they were confronted by law enforcement for some reason or something, but they refused to get a give identification. So they arrested them. I mean, to be fair, they, if, if you're being told to show identification, I'm pretty sure you the best thing you should do is actually to do as you're told. I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen when you give them your identification? You know, they're not going to steal it. Yes and no. I mean, uh, it, it depends on what they, the rules or the laws they have there. But more or less, uh, unless law enforcement has a reason to be um, detaining you, I mean, they don't really, They you can say no. That, that's pretty much the way it is. Like if they ask you for your name, for example, unless you're being detained, you can just say, ah, I'm a concerned citizen or I'm, you know, just just a, a citizen and that'll have to do unless they're detaining you, in which case, OK, yeah, then you give ID and all that kind of stuff. You you, But more or less, yeah, they, they don't have any any kind of technically power, legally speaking, until you're being detained or arrested. That'll vary by state, however. But yeah. Yeah, I was just going to ask which state that was actually, because I'm pretty sure it depends. Like, I don't hope for this case. Idaho. Mm. Yeah, it kind of surprises me because Idaho's fairly well conservative, at least in the in the southern part. I don't know too much about the northern part, but in the southern part, I know they're they're very conservative. Uh, it was so the, the specific event was actually a protest um, about the mask mandates. Uh, we have here in the states, we have a lot of mayors and governors that are that are mandating you have to wear a mask, you have to socially distance, you have to close your business. In the states, we have the First Amendment, which allows us to peacefully assemble, uh, to worship, to uh, freedom of speech, and all of those things. So the the mayors and the governors can't mandate those kind of things um, legally, but they're doing it anyway, and then uh, giving them tickets and whatnot um, for for violating it. <clears throat> To be fair, like I'm gonna come out as a very, what do you say, controversial here, but I mean, there's probably within that story things that are untold, you know, to be fair. I mean, I, I doubt, I mean, p yes, police enforcement are very, you know, weird in the US, you know, they can be really aggressive at times, but I'm pretty sure that there's much being un untold there because I really doubt that for no reason people get arrested for not showing ID. And, you know, if you say it's a protest, a protest, how does protest always always ends in the U.S.? You know, you, you figure that one out yourself. You always well, sense up, you know, some bad kind most, of way, you know. Those are mostly peaceful. Those are those are mostly peaceful. You know, that's that's yeah. usually. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> that's usually I've, I've never, yeah. never heard of a peaceful protest before in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the ones that were um, in the beginning when the lockdowns were happening, we had some Second Amendment types, uh, which means they went up with weapons peacefully protest. But didn't they didn't destroy anything. They didn't use them. No, they were just carrying them. I mean, you can open carry it and it's fine. Like that's Second Amendment. They didn't destroy anything. They didn't burn things down. They weren't threatening people. They weren't littering all over the place like these riots. And uh, they actually worked with law enforcement and um, notified them that, hey, we're going to be protesting. It's going to be open carry. They're going to have Second Amendment guys. Law enforcement and the protesters were, you know, peaceful, interacting with one another, you know, laughing. And, you know, it was it was. It was fine, but 
in the media's eye and in a lot of the people's eye, that was bad. They they were the crazy right wing radicals, blah, blah, blah. Right. Whereas it's okay for you to be the left wing and you want to go out there and riot and burn cities down, you know, destroy businesses, rob businesses. That's okay. You know, that's fine. Don't worry about social distancing. Don't worry about masks. Don't worry about any of that kind of stuff. You know, just have fun. But if you're if you're on the right and you're like, okay, these these lockdowns and things are not constitutional. Well, now you're the problem. And let's be clear. We've made this distinction before. There is a monumental difference between the European right and the American right. These are two totally yes. different things. These are, these are not oh, to yeah. be considered the same. I mean, a lot of people look at the U.S. and they say, oh, well, uh, if you're on the right, then you're some kind of extremist. Like here on in, in Europe, on the if you're on the right, if you're on the hard right, then by American standards, you're on the far left. That That's how yeah. it works. <laughs> But it's yeah. crazy, but that's 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 how it is. But that you bring up an interesting point there, Bruce. You're talking about the um, the uh, the I almost like I keep I want to I want to say protest because that's what the media calls them. But you're talking about the riots, and and this is actually interesting because I, I wanted to, to bring in uh, our, our two Swedes here. You, have you guys seen any of these uh, Black Lives Matter protests? We've seen them here in uh, all across Europe. Are you guys seeing them up there too? Are you seeing them in like uh, big cities? You have like Stockholm and all that stuff. Are you seeing those those protests and those riots and and all of that stuff. Are you guys experiencing any of that there? There was one in Gothenburg, uh, but uh, it got so like bad uh, media attention. So it, uh, no other places did it because of like we're in a pandemic. So well, no, Stock- be... Stockholm, Stockholm did it. We oh, did it. Maybe it was only Stockholm and not Gothenburg. Then. <laughs> no, no, no. You're you're wrong there. I mean, God, yeah, you're right about Gothenburg. That's true. But Stockholm did have it because I had a. Um... Oh, okay. I had my communist cousins going there. <laughs> <laughs> Your communist uh, cousins, yeah, okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, term they're, use there. yeah no, they're like, <laughs> they're really extreme. They're like anti-police enforcement. That's, okay, that's like that's that. another thing. That's another that's another thing I was going to ask about was the the Antifa movement. You guys are familiar with Antifa, yes? This this uh, oh, yeah. far left movement, yeah. Okay, this this is a movement that came to the United States. Uh, in in recent times, I mean, it's, you could trace the origins of Antifa all the way back to Germany in the 1930s, and that's that's the 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 birth of that organization. But I mean, we've and Bruce, we've gone back, we've looked at the photos from you know the times back. I mean, because back then everybody, it, when you had political parties in in Germany at that time, every single political party had uh, militant wings, and Antifa was the militant wing of the Communist Party at the time, and so and it, again, anti-fascist. But in modern times, in recent times, the most notable chapter in the United States was is referred to as Rose City Antifa. And Rose City Antifa is the chapter that was formed from people that came over from Sweden. And they were they were uh, able to uh, to transplant that extremist movement into the United States from their offices in Sweden. And and they still, as far as I know, the two founders, uh, I think it's I believe it's a husband and a wife, Bruce. Is that is that correct? Is that yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that they are back in in Sweden now. Is that group active? Is is that group making headlines in in Sweden? Have you guys noticed anything about that? No, no, definitely. Well, not. The only thing we hear about is from America, like from US, and nothing from Sweden. Yeah, you interrupted me, John. I got a little upset because I wanted to tell you. I'm about sorry. The, uh... I, I'm sorry. Go, <laughs> ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I have a tendency to do that. I apologize. No, no, no worries. No, because I wasn't quite done with my story there. I, I was telling you my cousins were at the 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 supposed to be march, you know, a black a black Lives modern march, but it ended up like, you know, the thing is that they were allowed to have the march, but the thing is that the regulation was I think less than 200 people, and that's what they were, you know, you can have 200 people in there, but do not go it above was, that. It was 50 at the time. I, I pulled up an article. Oh, you did? It's happened yeah, it happened on June 7th. Yeah, okay. I might, yeah, could have been that then. My bad. So yeah, but they were like thousands of people showing up. And, you know, because of that, you know, law enforcement have to step in, you know. They're not they're not there to harm you. They used to make sure that you follow the regulation that the government has set for you, you know. But you know, pol- police show up and they're gonna be those kind of people, you know, that oh police is here, that means trouble. And I actually saw videos of, you know, things that was going on. People were uploading this one video where I think there was like this woman that got pushed by a police officer, right? And everyone would like went nuts. Oh, this is crazy. Police brutality. 
But if, and then there's like no one was talking about the full video. In the full video, you like see where this woman actually is actually you know pushing the police officer. They're actually you know hitting the police officers. And you know it's just crazy how like people like to twist stories, like make people think that the police did something wrong here. But like the police officer here in Sweden, in my opinion, are brilliant. Like you'll have cases because it, it really depends on where you live. Like in, in the city, you're going to have like calm police. You're not going to have like this. There is a different attitude between the, um, or you would you call it like the outskirts would, you know. Um, yeah, you can't judge. A, you can't judge a country uh, based on a city. You, you can't do it. It's like judge. It's like yeah. coming to a, a country here. It's like me going to Stockholm and saying, yeah, that's the way everyone in Sweden behaves. That, that's not a fair argument. Yeah, to make. no, no. Yeah, no. But it, it, the police behaves differently in suburbs and in the city, you know, in suburbs, they have to be, you know, obviously because, you you know, there's a there's much larger gang affiliations and uh, operations in there. Therefore, you know they're they're gonna have a you know much a bigger attitude towards um, you know um, crimes there compared to in the cities. But overall, they handled really well. But obviously, there was this huge um, backlash where people starting you know like everywhere else bashing windows and throwing rocks. Like yeah. so, I mean, it it it, it did happen in Sweden. It maybe it wasn't as big, you know, news as in the U.S. because it didn't last more than a day, you know, one day, and then everyone went back to sleep and slept it off, and no one talked about it the next day. Yeah, but like the thing with police in Sweden, I would say like every police that I like talk to, anything, I've only had good like what's it called, good uh, relationships, relationships, yeah, experiences. and uh, as well in suburbs, it's just that uh, some. Some people like to like scream at the police, like dive police scum and s- stuff like that. And the police I've seen, they've handled it like okay, sure. There was a police that uh, made like made a post on social media where she was um, she was in a uh, well in a suburb and just just walking. And uh, there were some boys like who was screaming towards her like FTP, go go away, you don't deserve to live and stuff like that. And uh, five minutes later, they got a call that someone like had a heart. What's it called? Heart mm, yeah, His heart stopped, and uh, she was the person. And that was the she uh, helped her him. And the person that was having this heart stop, that was the guy who had been screaming. And so she was like, "Please take care of each other," and things like that. Of course, it's going to be some cases. Well, everyone isn't like a good person, of course. But yeah. Yeah, I, I did read that um, that post. It was very interesting. Um, but yeah. So I would say like it's very much how you interact with the police that would like that would uh, make your relation with them. We're hearing a lot of calls across the U.S. Uh, which, uh, to be fair, I mean, I'm not I'm not seeing the same calls here. At least not on the mainland. I'm not seeing them. You know, in France and in Germany, I'm not seeing it in the UK or uh, you know other European countries. Is there anything up there about? Uh, but I mean, I don't think you can really make the same comparison. We're hearing calls in the U.S. to defund the police. You you guys aren't hearing that, are you? Oh no, 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 absolutely. I can't not. imagine that. I can't imagine that. Like the police here are completely different. I mean, it's a completely different atmosphere. But then again, you also have a completely different culture of people. If yes. you look at most of the European cultures, I mean, I, I've been to several different countries over here, and they pretty much all when it comes to social order they pretty much all you, everybody pretty much behaves the same so you know with rare exceptions in certain parts of certain cities that's all i'm going to say about it but um I, I don't think that this is a, a universal thing. I mean, they t- they tried to do the whole defund the police here a while back. Uh, and it's it, like it just they've tried to demonize the police. I'll put it that way. And it just it hasn't worked like they, they can't they can't break through the overwhelming public support that you have for the police, such as what you guys are talking about, is you've always had good experiences. You've always had good relationships with police officers when you encounter them, when you need them for something. Uh, and the same thing with the the woman that's uh, you know, sitting there wishing that, you know, all the police would just uh, go away. But then she has a heart attack and then all of a sudden she needs the police. I, I love these people. It's just it's completely contradictory. But let's uh, let's switch up here a little bit. Uh, and let's let's kind of get off of all this, uh, you know, coronavirus stuff. I want to switch over to um, something else. And this is extremely important because a lot of Americans hear this. And you guys are familiar with American, uh, the American politician named Bernie Sanders. Yes. You guys have heard of this guy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
once yeah, again, okay. I'm asking for your support. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, that yes, right. That's the guy. Yeah, that's him. Yep. Yep. That's him. Now, he is he is revered by the younger crowd. And we're talking the, you know, the the teenager all the way up into the uh, the, the college years, uni- the university years. Uh, he, he is revered by uh, this particular demographic of of people. And his main message is that of I'm doing the air quotes for those that can't see. I'm doing. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm doing the air quotes. Uh, his main message is democratic socialism. And he goes on his uh, his little tirades there, his little speeches and everything about how Sweden and, and Denmark and Norway and Finland. But specifically, he talks about Swedish socialism. Now, for those of us that understand what he's talking about, we can see through it, right? I understand what he's saying. But seeing as how two Swedish citizens such as yourselves is what he he is explaining to these kids, what he's telling these kids, which is what largely the groups of people you see out there in the streets burning things down. They think that by destroying the American system, they're going to get the system like you have in Sweden on the other side of it. And I'm not making that up. That's literally what he has convinced these kids to believe. First and foremost, let's start with the fact that Sweden is not a socialist country, is it? Yes and no, like to an extent, to to be honest, to to an extent it is. But, you know, from another perspective, kind of isn't the same time. Um, It's you. I mean, it it could be good. It could be a good example of uh, of that, but. To be fair, it's not really. Ask it this way. Let's ask, ask it this way. Can you own a business in Sweden? Yes, you can. Yeah. Uh, okay. There are like many of my friends that I have, uh, like 50% of them, their parents have uh, own businesses. There is like one of these political parties. They pushed really hard for all of the small like businesses to be state owned. And uh, no one wanted that. But that is socialism. Is yeah. But yes. no one wanted it. And yet so, let, we still have uh, high taxes and uh, free welfare, education. Well, yeah. Okay. So I, th- I think that's may- maybe I maybe I pretexted the wrong way. But yes, I, I think to that point, yes. But you, you do have a system of capital coming in. You, ha- you have surplus capital being generated in the society. So you have, as you said, you have the independent business owners. The state doesn't run the businesses. It doesn't own the businesses. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't control what the businesses can and can't do. I mean, of course, you have you know regulations and taxes on businesses, sure. Mm-hmm. But it's not the business that is owned by the state, which you said that they wholeheartedly shot down pretty much. So therefore, that does not make you a socialist country. That makes you a quasi- uh, free market society with a lot of handouts. You do have expanded social programs, which is what you just said. You have all of the, um, uh, the I, I think your healthcare, yeah, welfare. Your your healthcare is all taken care of. Do you, I'm assuming you have private insurance as well for health health insurance. Yes or no? Yeah. Uh, yes, but we do pay okay. for it, but not you do very pay for much. It. Okay, yeah. so not your your taxes. Yeah, your your tax system yeah. is based around your health system. It's also based around your social programs. Do you have free universities? Do do you pay for university when when someone wants to no. attend university? Uh, no. Uh, you can you go to school for free. Of course, there are private schools, but they are not uh, like very common. And uh, when you go to like, let's say if you're in one place, you're from south part of Sweden and you're going to go to a school in the north part you can get like a check uh, every month so that you get money for education and same uh, with the universities almost everyone I know they apply for a loan that is like very low rates so you get money every month to study pretty much yeah education is free and you do get handouts to be able to survive to go to universities you know to move out and trying to you know maintain a living at the same time you're studying a lot of uh, most of the people that do that also you know make sure to have a have a work after you know after school and all that yeah. at the same and, time uh, you cannot uh, if like if you earn more than i think it's 7000 swedish crowns uh, you cannot you're not eligible for the csm that it's called the loan yeah yeah that's correct yeah i remember that yeah you're right. Yeah, but usually most of the teenage people, or not teenage actually, just young people that go to studies, often just work on weekends, you know. They have probably yeah. work extra. at a store on weekends and, you know, extra, you know, because they don't have, not everyone wants to go work after school because obviously in university it's, uh, 
<laughs> it's fast paced and you gotta you gotta study that's some serious stuff you know you're not gonna get a chicken chance on that and you're gonna drink on tuesdays <laughs> but of course there is education that you know are paid for i'm, I'm pretty sure that for example if you want to become a pilot i don't think there is a free education for that no yeah, i think you, yeah. kind of kind of yeah, the yeah. one is like 500 switch crowns yeah so and that's very basic yeah, and, and as well, there is these private educations as well. Like you could get for free, but you can also pay for them if you want to. What do you call it when you make like a three-year program into one-year program intensive? Yeah, so you, you can do those as well. And you get, you know, you can get your master's degree that way quicker. And so you can go out and, you know, go out faster into the business, you know. But that will cost you, of course. The cash limit you were talking about there, the seven thousand crowns. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Is that, exactly, but is, that is that like per month or something, or all together? Like how over what time frame is that? Because that's that's like seven hundred, about seven hundred fifty dollars US dollars, which yeah, is pretty much. So you okay, cannot, so that's like yeah per month, and uh, month. the okay. uh, yeah, and the loan is like around fifteen fifteen thousand something like that. Uh, that really depends because yeah, of course. If, if I'm correct, this is how it works because I read into it when I was gonna, I was preparing to study, but never did. Uh, so you are eligible for, I think that's uh, $300 a month without any interest. Like it's, you know, it's basically yeah. a handout for you. However, if let's say you want to get, you know, you're going to get your apartment and you're going to need to pay rent. They, I think, they could give you up to what would it be two thousand dollars a month? Yeah. So plus minus. Yeah. So I mean, you you can choose how much you need. I mean, you're not gonna be able to go like to a crazy amount. I'm pretty sure two thousand dollars pretty much were at max so you can get. Throw an Audi R8 right? in there with it or what? <laughs> <laughs> Crying out no, loud. I mean, this this they, this they, democratic they socialism sounding better and better. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no, it's really good. You know, the interest is low. You're not gonna, you're not gonna be you're in debt. You're not gonna wreck people's economy. Uh, no, it's not like it's not like in the U.S. where I've heard where if you get you you get out, yeah you get your college loan and then you have to work your entire life to actually just, just pay that thing yeah, off. You know, it's a scam. It's a scam. But see, that's that's what they do though. They create these these giant loan programs and they they make the university so expensive and they make it to where. Uh, you almost you have to get a a degree in something in order to make a certain amount of money or no company will hire you. And if you don't do that, then I mean, you're, you're stuck. They put you in a position where you're stuck. That That's what they want to do. They, they want to create the environment where the stage is set for them to get their hooks into you. And then you're out there in the streets because you have no future because the economy has been sold out. And so you're out there listening to people like Bernie. This is why I wanted to talk about this with you guys, because Americans, the average American, when they listen to someone like that, they really believe that you guys are a full blown socialist country. And this is how like they, they think that Sweden is uh, some utopia. I'm serious. Like this is this is what's being said. They think that Sweden is some utopia. And if they overthrow the current system, then they're going to get what you have. So that I mean, that's that's what they think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like if you haven't heard anything else, of course, you're going to believe it. Like if I hear, hear something from, let's say, Rwanda, I have no knowledge at all on that country. But if someone tells me it, I'm probably going to believe it to some degree. No, you're you're absolutely right. And that's that's just it. It's just, you know, I, I wanted to I wanted to discuss it because I wanted to bring attention to it. And who better to hear from it than from the two of you? Looking at it from uh from a standpoint of I guess uh, if you guys if you had to put a label on it because you you told me that there were other groups over there that were um starting to rise. Didn't you say something about a red party or something that was that, that yeah, was it's uh, called becoming more the... prominent? No, no, no. Uh, it's like, I think we have uh, around uh, 12 uh, political parties in the government. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the biggest ones are around, uh, I think one is at like 25, 30, and two others at 20, and then 12. This red party is like around, usually around 7, 8%. So it's not a medium-sized uh, mm -hmm. But that is like and before it was called uh, the Communist Party, and now it's just okay. called the uh, 
uh, rough translation is the left party. Left party, yeah, that's that's kind of what they did here. So you can't they they got they've gotten a bad name for themselves, so they have to just call themselves the left, right? That's just that's what they call themselves now. So the, I guess the thing is, okay, so if you guys are supposedly by American political standards of the types of like Sanders, if you guys are a, a socialist country, well then this party that's rising or the, excuse me, this party that's now the left over there, what do they represent? What do they want in your current system that you don't already have? Well, state-owned small businesses, even higher taxes. They have like some good uh, things like now in the uh, summer, uh, they used like I think it was uh, they took 200,000 per month from the welfare and made it to at least in my town, all the buses and trains were free on the summer. I think that was last year. All of the parties worked together a lot, some better than others. And so, but well, I, th- I would say all the parties have some good good things, but some better than others. It's a hard question to answer, I would say. I, I just kind of, I, I look at it from the sense of, I mean, I, I know I know what socialism is. I mean, I, I've, I've studied yeah. it. I, I know what real socialism is. I know what it looks like. I know when politicians come along and try to sell it. I mean, I, I've studied a lot about the Soviet Union. I've studied a lot about the movement in China, the movements in North Korea. And what's happened in, in Central and South America and parts of Southeast Asia with like Cambodia. So, I mean, I know what it looks like. And when you see people, it, it's insulting, really, when when I see people like my own politicians in my own country come out and they talk about how we want to be like, uh, you know, we want to have Swedish socialism. You guys actually tried socialism in your country right after the Second World War. You tried it in the 50s and it failed right on its face because everything was what you said that, uh, that this party wants. They want nationalized public transport. They want uh, these big, massive social programs. They want these high taxes because you have to pay for it somehow. You don't just create money out of thin air. You can't. I mean, that's no. what they're trying to do. But all of these things that you want to create and you want to uh, give people, you know, you want to give them stuff and all of these things, this comes at a price. And so you guys tried this in Sweden, I mean, long before all of us were alive. But nonetheless, yeah. I, I studied about it and it lasted all of eight, nine years. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, it almost bankrupted the entire country. And they're like, uh, we need to try something else. And you guys have been on the current system ever since. And it's it, it's essentially it is a quasi free market system with a lot of social programs is essentially what it is. I mean, I think you guys yeah. overall, you have very good social programs up there, do you not? I mean, is there anything that's out of control? Do you have uh, expanded like multi generations living on welfare? Do, do you have something like that? A giant dependent underclass of people? I would say yes. Uh, There has been, especially later years, it's been really hard with like identification frauds. Many people taking, like a fake person taking a driver's license to other people and uh, people living on an address, but not like, not so the, uh, what's called, the government knows about it. So a lot Uh, of fraud. um, Yes. And it's uh, at the system it is right now. It's very si- like very simple to do. But I hope it will be some change of that with the, like digitalization and some because we're still on a very analog system. Like in the we have a what's called a government, not an organization, but something like that, which is basically they are handling every well all the taxes, all the deaths, all of the people counting. They handle everything like that, uh, where you're staying, everything like that. And they are still very analog. So it's one department that manages all of that then. And instead yeah. of instead of actually, I, now I, I see what you're saying. You, you were, uh, you're, you're kind of making reference, I think, to you want them to digitize everything so it's more organized and it's, it's, uh, it cuts down on the fraud. And that's, that's yeah. kind of what they've done in the U.S. They used to send out like a physical paper check, which they don't do that anymore. Now yeah. they have uh, what are called EBT cards, uh, electronic benefits transfer. And it's, it simply is just a, um, is it a, is it a, a MasterCard debit? Is that what that is, uh, Bruce? Depends on the state. Um, I know, we, like California, it's like it's like a debit card, and you can use it pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, it's, but it's, it's more like or less a, like a credit card. Yeah, it's it's just like a bank card that you guys use. I don't know if you guys use EC Cash up there or not, but that's essentially what it is. Uh, and mm. it's the the money just goes onto that. It gets wired onto that every month for whoever's signed up to that and boom you get it you can go to an you can go to a cash machine and pull out whatever you want you can use them for 
uh, you know, buying food and all of that, like everything. It's it's the most misused and and abused system that we have, I think, because yeah, uh, that is not I mean, you, what I'm referring to. Oh, you're not. Uh, okay, I would I'm misunderstanding. No, no, no. Uh, like Denmark and Norway have been like uh, using servers, like digital servers, for all of the people counting. And uh, in Sweden, there's still paper. I see. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think I think it's, it's trying to tell the the way we document. Um, yeah. And other document, documentation, documentation, I believe. Yeah. I believe if we would do dig- digitally, we could um, decrease the amount of you know fraud we have uh, occurring you know in the country. Well. Digitization's coming, so yeah, yes, it is. Well, it is in all aspects. What a time to be alive! <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Let, let's go ahead and wrap up here, and and I, I just kind of I want to I want to say thank you to both of you that uh, that have taken the time to, to come on tonight. I know that uh, I was t- I was talking to you earlier today, Brian, and I was like. Yeah, why don't you come on tonight? Why, why haven't you been back on? So, um, and then of course you brought Lars along with you, and it's, it's greatly appreciated. And so, I, I want to thank you for both, both for coming on uh, and talking about the things you have. A little bit about some cultural things, uh, some, and I learned some things tonight that I didn't know. And you know, I hope the uh, I hope the listener out there is actually picking up on some of this because when you hear American politicians, we have a largely an American audience. When you hear American politicians like Bernie Sanders coming out talking about how uh, how wonderful and how much of a utopia uh, Sweden is, and if these these mobs and and these hordes that he stirred up out there in the streets just overthrow this system, then that's what they're going to get. And I'm not bashing your system by any stretch of the imagination. I don't mean anything like that. What I'm saying is it's not sold as the way that he's he's selling it to everybody. That's the point I was trying to make. But I want to kind of give you guys the floor here at the end. Do you have any final thoughts for any of the uh, the listeners out there? Anything as, as far as like cultural stuff, anything that's going on with Corona stuff, any, uh, any messages you have to people that are not hearing the real story from what's actually happening in your country because we're being told that everything's been different up there because you're the only country that hasn't gone through any of these uh, uh, these restrictions like the rest of us have gone through. So now's your chance to uh, set the record straight. Hmm. Uh, I had a word for it. What is it called? Um, let me see if I can find the word I'm looking for. Source criticism. Learn yes. that. Yes. Very important tool. Learn how to, like, when you read something, <laughs> make sure it's actually true. Learn, learn to don't only go into wikipedia (laughs) yeah don't you wikipedia is not really a valid source when it comes to politics and stuff like that maybe history yeah but not politics you know yeah be careful what you learn in school like you always have to check your sources if we signed if we like had assignments and we had uh, wikipedia as a source it would get failed instantly oh yeah we're not allowed to do that in school actually we're not allowed to use Wikipedia as a source. You have to use uh, other sources. Like they always tell us when I went to school, like, you have to use the library. That's your best source. Actually true. It was my best source. But yeah, sources like trying to because the Internet is a powerful tool, but it's also a, could be a very evil tool because uh, everyone can access it. And therefore, anyone can spread whatever they want. I could tell you right now, Sweden, uh, Sweden don't have water. You could believe me. We do have water. Yeah, water is gone. No, that's that's all really. To be honest, that's only important message I always give people. You know, criticize. You know, whatever you read, trying to make sense of it all. Wash your hands and remember that believing that the coronavirus is a hoax is not a political standing. I've heard that a lot about Americans. That oh, if you th- well, if you believe the coronavirus, then you're a leftist, and if you don't, then you're a right, and similar like that. It is a real thing. Be safe. Wash your hands. That's something funny. We should actually brought that up, actually. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah, start a wash your hands should. campaign. No, like you peep, the people that believe the coronavirus is a hoax, actually. you know. And political standings. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we can kind of cover that here at the end, if, if you like. I mean, there's really no Got time it. period. That, there's no time period that we have here. I mean, there's no time limit, but... Uh, we just kind of we try to keep it between 45 minutes and an hour because that's usually about the time that people have. So yeah. um, we, we try to keep it within a time frame. But last night we kind of ran over a little bit. We uh, we ended up going for about 90 minutes last night. I mean, we can go over, but uh, I, I'm happy to talk about that. It is a very important topic. Everyone seems to have a different opinion on it. Me personally, I, I believe in the things that uh, that I'd mentioned you know, before about how we can live our lives without sacrificing all this other stuff. 
And we can take the precautions that are necessary, but we don't need, uh, in my humble opinion, we don't need an overarching, overbearing government that's trying to keep me safe from myself. If I want to go out there and I want to risk whatever safety that I have for me, then that's my responsibility. But the the governments, I think they come around and they they try to twist that. They they look at you and they say, okay, well, we're, we're doing what we need to do to keep you safe. But they make it about more than that. They, at least here, they make it about more than that. They say, well, we need to make sure that you're staying safe from everyone else. You could kill someone else, even if you don't know it. See, that that's what it's about. It's about them making it suspect, making you a suspect without yeah. you even knowing it. And then they're able to turn around and control you and the agenda over top of that. It's important that we don't allow that to happen. So we need to, I mean, at the end of the day, governments, they're losing their perspective on the most important thing. And that is that I don't care what country you're from. I don't care if you're from Sweden. I don't care if you're from uh, Germany, France, the UK, the United States, Canada. I I don't care, right? If you're from a Western country, these countries' governments have to understand one thing, and we, the people, have to understand one thing, and that is these governments work for us. It's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. We vote for them. We have democracies. We have democratic rule. We have elections still for the time being until they make those completely irrelevant, but we put them in office. So therefore, it's their responsibility to work for us because we put them there. We gave them that authority to take what actions are necessary in order for us to live productive and happy lives. And when they disrupt that and they grab a hold of that power unjustly under the guise of keeping everyone safe from everyone else and yourself and and the like, well, that's just too much authority for those people to have. And on top of that, that's authority that's been granted to them by us. But they've gone a step further with it. They've taken power where they otherwise uh, don't have the authority to do so. So I'm a firm believer in the fact that we can come to a sense of compromise, if you will, to try and deal with this. But at the same time, uh, we don't need to be sacrificing our freedoms on top of it in order to do so. To what you guys were asking there about the the left and the right believing it and not believing it, because the virus has been so politicized in, in the U.S., uh, typically the left are the ones saying, we have to shut everything down, the virus is going to kill us all, and the right is like, no, we need to open businesses back up. Generally speaking, the right is like, vote by mail. yes, the virus is real. Oh, yeah, vote by mail. That's another thing that the left is pushing. Um, instead of going to the polls and, and voting in person, they want to vote by mail, which is... Um, it's loaded with fraud. It is so easy to cheat the system when you vote by mail. And uh, the right is typically going, look, the virus is real, but quit with the lockdowns, quit with the voting by mail stuff. Let us go back to work. Let us earn money so we can feed our families, feed ourselves. You know, there are some on the right that are like, yeah, the virus is a complete hoax. But as far as what we've seen with research and stuff, most of what they're telling us to do, like, for example, wear a mask. Masks don't stop the virus. The virus is 0.1 microns in size. The mask only stops 0.3. Now, that's the ones that the medical professionals use. The ones that typically you see people with is like the paper cloth ones, you know? Yeah. Those ones Those ones are like 0.5 microns at the best. Yeah. Uh, the thing so is- it, it only stops like spittle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with your saliva, it's it's carried with your saliva, and uh, if you sneeze and cough and breathe out, that's what it stops. Like, it doesn't stop the virus, but it stops like if you're sneezing, if you're coughing, anything like that. Sorry, uh, let me just say, there's no such thing as something that would stop a virus from, you know, existing. There's no such thing because it's always going to spread. But you know, it's preventation. You know trying to decrease the amount of uh, deceased people and that's all it, it is to it you know that's what a mask is for i mean like to say when you cough you know use your your arm to cover your mouth i mean it's not gonna it's not gonna prevent you know someone from you know getting infected if you if you have a, let's say a, a cold but it's definitely gonna help to prevent it well the the thing is too the part of the problem that the right is seeing and this is this is actually a personal gripe the hysteria that's been built around this virus people are so paranoid they are so we're we're having kids you know the the least vulnerable to this virus they're in school and sneeze wearing a mask and they get sent home because they could have the virus and they could be spreading it to the other a sneeze is not part of the symptoms you could have a freaking hair up your nose or dust and it'll cause you to sneeze. Yeah, that actually happened to my sister last week. And I was really like, I got mad because of that because she, 
I mean, she 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 had a tiny cold. That was it. Like, was nothing serious. She didn't have a fever. She didn't cough. She just she was at school and she sneezed like once or twice in class. And she's yeah, oh, I, mean, I, I, I use I'm I use you know I use, yeah like she gets sent home and I got like what they sent you home for that like what? Yeah. like I've been in school a thousand times sneezing and even even having a cough just covering with my elbow now it's like now it's dangerous like I mean yeah. I could I, I could have had the flu back in the days in school and you know they wouldn't they wouldn't be it wouldn't be such a big thing you know but no I mean yeah it's it's it, people overact a bit on the like to an extent you know and this is the same thing we're seeing uh, you talked there about the politicization about all this stuff and one one of the things that we're seeing at least where I'm at is uh, massive protests up in the streets of Berlin what's happening up there is is the the media is going crazy with all this nonsense what are they calling i mean these are people that are out there and they are protesting hey look just end this lockdown nonsense right end the restrictions end all this stuff we we don't want to do any of this we'll take our chances what are they doing what what's the media doing they're caught the media right I, and i blame the media for a lot of this political divide and all this stuff is they're calling them uh, crazy right wing extremists they're calling them nazis they're calling them fascists and it's like well wait wait a minute you can't go out and you can pro- you can't protest your belief oh if you want to go out and you want want to loot and you want to burn and you want to destroy a business, oh, that's fine. That's fine because that's that's justice. But if you want your life back, if you want your business opened, if you don't want to lose all the wealth that you've worked all your life for, well, then uh, no, you're not allowed to do that. So I, I think the politicization goes far beyond uh, anything that uh, that's within reason. And uh, I mean, but at the same time, you know, as, as I said, I've, I've studied totalitarianism for a long time and they're not interested when you see a totalitarian system arise, no matter where it comes from, what side it comes from. When you see that system arise, they're not interested in logic. They're not interested in uh, in any kind of common sense. So th- they don't want to talk about any of this stuff. They're interested in power and control. And that's all we're seeing out of these governments is exactly that power and control. They don't care about any of the rest of it. I mean, you can sit there and you can protest justly from now until, you know, whenever about lockdowns or restrictions or or whatever. The governments don't care. This is why largely a lot of them are saying, well, yeah, you can you can protest and you can argue and disagree with our standpoints, but that's not going to change them. Well, it's not going to change their standpoint. They don't care. They have their agenda. They're moving forward with it. That's where I have a problem with it. Is it politicized? Yes, heavily, very much so. But to say is this um, is this thing a hoax? Is it is it uh, a fake uh, pandemic? No, no, it's not. I mean, we we've seen too much evidence to the contrary of that. But I think that I mean, e- even the people that I know that are on the uh, the left in America, the ones that are in this in the cities, they're saying. Wait a minute. What what is all this? You know, we understand that uh, we need to take precautions, but they're not for being locked in their houses for three months. You know, six months, whatever. That's crazy. On top of that, you don't quarantine healthy people. You don't do that. You don't shut down businesses. Now, if if people and I, this is going to sound bad, but if people are out there falling over dead in the streets from this thing, people get the hint. Yeah, they'll they'll naturally walk away from things that that'll happen if the hospitals are legitimately being overrun, which I mean, I don't think we've seen any surges in any of the hospitals since the start of this thing. We haven't. I mean, we're in relatively better health than a lot of people in a lot of poorer parts of the world. You know, we're very fortunate, but that's come from years and decades of progress. We're backpedaling on all of these things. We're giving up thousands of years of, of real progress here in the West because of what? I mean, something that has, as you said, a 99% survivability rate. Yes, there are ways that it affects you vastly differently, uh, depending on who you are and depending on what kind of system you have and what kind of adverse reaction you have to that virus when you come in contact with it. So you could have cases of dementia in an older person, or you could have heart problems or cardiac problems of some kind in a healthy person. You just don't know. But I think if we go down that road again and, and we go back for these uh, these further lockdowns, we're going to uh, get another uh, haircut, which we, we know what they're all about anyway. We've, we've gone through the, the agenda of what's behind all the lockdown stuff anyway. But by that, we are decreasing people's chances of fighting this thing from a healthy standpoint. We're actually making people weaker by doing these things, not just from a, an economical standpoint, not from not not just from a mental standpoint but also from a physical standpoint as well. You go through this stuff again, mentally, we know that this is causing more problems than uh, than it's solving. And so uh, I, I don't think we need to go down that road again. But there, there is a way... 
there is a way out of it, but I don't hear any uh, I don't hear any governments talking about that. Unless we have any more to discuss there, uh, we can call that one done. You guys have any other points you'd like to make? I, I have one point to to add to this, and it's it, it has to do with the um, people that are healthy or or you know the adverse effects that we see. From my understanding, from the white papers that we've read so far, it, it's not specifically the virus itself that's causing it. Well, what's happening is, is your your immune system is overreacting. So as far as the virus is concerned, it's not the virus specifically itself that's causing it. It's your immune system reacting to the virus. And I forget the actual the medical name for it, um, so, some kind of storm or something. But anyway, basically what your body is doing is it's overreacting to the virus. And it's not the, the, the signals being um, like your immune system's putting out a signal. We're under attack. We're under attack. When it defeats the virus, the signal doesn't shut off. And it keeps like saying we're under attack, we're under attack, and your immune system is attacking your body. So the the, the damages that we're seeing, like neurological damage, heart damage, um, and some of these other like lung scarring and all that kind of stuff, it's literally your immune system attacking your body because it's overreacting. Yeah. So in, in many cases, um, we kind of talked about it with the vitamin C um, things that that reduce swelling and that sort of thing. Those are kind of important, and then. You know, other medications that we've seen that other countries have had great success with and we've had great success with, like malaria drugs and whatnot, that that keep viruses from replicating. Um, those those have been really beneficial in both um, prophylactic and after someone has started having uh, symptoms. Word you were looking for there was, uh, I believe it was cytokine storm. Yes, that is that is it. Again, Lars, Brian, I, I want to thank you guys for coming on. And uh, Brian, just on a side note, for those that don't know, uh, he is the reason that we all sound so good around here. He is uh, he's the one that's responsible for that. Nah, stop it. You, we, you used to have a good voice. It's the radio voice. <laughs> yeah, but you good. you make it sound so much better. Um, and it's it's you that uh, <laughs> that uh, we all have to thank for that, myself included. Appreciate thank all the you, work Brian. you do behind the scenes here. Appreciate that. So um, thank you, Brian. Appreciate yeah, being here. You. Yeah, thank you, thank you guys for bo- uh, both of you guys for coming on tonight, uh, Lars. I hope you didn't. I uh, hope you didn't get too uh, too uncomfortable being here. Uh, is this your first podcast? Uh, it's not actually. Uh, I've been on like four different ones, but oh, okay. It was fun. Okay, and thanks is for this, having me again. Is this your, absolutely? You're welcome back here anytime. Was this uh, was this your first English podcast? You've been on Swedish podcasts. Yes. <laughs> so it's yeah, uh, okay. it's a bit different with the language, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't have the same vocabulary, but yeah. Yes, it's, you know something, when when you're looking at, it's it's crazy because when you're looking at languages here like uh, French or, or German or English, I mean, that's, those are Anglo-Saxon languages, but when you get up into like the Scandinavian, man, I'm lost. I'm completely lost when, when you get, when you guys start talking, like when you, the two of you start going back and forth in Swedish, I'm like, all right, fellas, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't follow any of it. So. It's, um, it's pretty much different version of German. Yeah, it's, it is because there's some words in there that are the same. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, we are going to have to jump out of here. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parlor. We love getting all of your echoes, your likes, your feedbacks and your upvotes. You can follow me over there at Jay Anderson three, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends, family and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience here as much as possible. And we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. We are on Audible now. I know I've been mentioning that the last few days, which is Amazon's new platform for podcasts. We're available on Echoes, Fire TVs, and every other Amazon device across the world now. So if you're recommending us to somebody and they have that particular application or that particular uh, device on the internet of things, they can now listen to us on Audible. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts at your earliest convenience and give us a rating, that would be much appreciated. Or any other respective platform you listen to us on that has a rating system, if you can give us a rating there, that would be appreciated as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Bruce, Brian, Lars, thank you guys for your time tonight. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow. 